Welcome into the Power Rally. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Melicaro. We hope you had a happy and healthy holiday season and happy new year here in 2023 as we're inching our way closer towards the 2023 schedule and the Bisons beginning the season in Scranton-Wilkesbury for the first time in the modern era, the Bisons will play a game in the month of March. We know the Bisons have already played in October here in the modern era, a 2-0 record in the month thanks to the 2021 schedule and now a first for the Herd as they'll open the year in Moosic, PA at PNC Field on March the 31st for a three-game set against the AAA affiliate of the New York Yankees. There's a lot of time between now and then. Spring training and the hot stove will get into high gear. We'll keep you updated as we get closer towards the season with plenty here in the Power Alley. But today I thought it'd be a good opportunity to catch up with one of the familiar faces on the coaching staff last season, Brendan Kelly. He joined the Bisons coaching staff right before the beginning of the 2022 season. And we know it was in a very eventful year for the coaching staff with the promotion of Casey Candell to the Blue Jays as the interim bench coach under John Schneider. That forced a host of changes for Kelly beginning of the season as the assistant pitching coach under Jeff Ware. Jeff Ware becoming the interim manager for the Bisons in July of last year. And that promoted Brendan Kelly to interim pitching coach, a position at the professional level that was new to him. And I wanted to catch up with Brennan, not only to talk about what's to come in 2023 and some of the bright spots in the Bison's pitching staff this coming season, but get his thoughts on what it was like to go through the process of becoming a coach in the Blue Jays organization and then the elevation to the interim pitching coach here in the Power Alley. Brennan, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what it was like to be part of the Bison's coaching staff in 22 and going forward. But I wanted to start for folks that don't necessarily know your background. Can, can you let people know just about how you came to being uh, part of the Blue Jays organization, how baseball has been such a part of, of your life? Yeah, I was uh, coaching at a Division II school in Detroit to start the year um, in 2022 called Wayne State University. And uh, I got a call from the Blue Jays, asked, you know, telling me about, you know, a job opportunity, seeing if I wanted to interview for it in February and kind of went through the whole interview process. And um, I was with Wayne State down in Florida already. We were about 10 games into our season and I got the call from the Blue Jays to let me know that I got the job. So I left Florida, um, went right back up to Michigan and then got back down to Florida as soon as I could in time for spring training. So um, I was in spring, spring training for about six days and then um headed off to buffalo for the whole year so that was it was a really really short and crazy stint but um you know the the jays have been awesome as far as just like on-ramping their employees and making everybody feel you know supported so it felt like a really easy transition yeah talk about having to take a crash course in in, in learning the organization the players for sure you know <laughs> how is you know when, when, you, when you're going through those emotions of uh, you know, taking the job and then knowing you're going to Buffalo, you know, what, what was that like in, in the process of, okay, I have to go back to Michigan and now move to Buffalo in just a couple of days. It was crazy because I had a, I had my apartment in Detroit. And when I got in the call in Florida, I called my dad and I was like, I'm going to need some help. Like, and you know, Detroit's only about three and a half hours away from Buffalo. So um, I gave him a key to my apartment and I just said, I'm going down to spring training for a week. Like if you guys want to meet me in Buffalo, I already packed up my entire apartment here's what's going to Buffalo. Here's what's going back to Michigan. And, you know, that, I'm lucky to have some really awesome and supportive fam, um, parents to, you know, they helped me out in that regard to help me move into my apartment in Buffalo when I first got there. So it was all really crazy and it was all really last second, but I had a ton of support from, you know, my coaches at Wayne state. Um, they were really excited for me as well as, you know, my players too. So 
it was tough leaving, but it was also exciting, you know, getting into professional baseball was a pretty big goal for me in my coaching career. So, um, you know, I always wanted to make sure that the opportunity was the right one. And, you know, going through the interview process with the Jays and, you know, the opportunity that it presented itself, it was just a can't miss opportunity. And I know I, I'm kind of partial to, to the coaching staff, but I have to think guys like Casey Kandel, Jeff Ware, Jake McGuigan, all those guys on the coaching staff really had to make it that transition easy for you just knowing them. Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was going through the interview process, I talked to Jeff and Casey. They were kind of like my last phase of interview. Um, and just talking to them, I was like, wow, these guys are really awesome. <laughs> like, so it, it made taking the job a lot more reassuring. And then obviously, you know, Jake and I being closer in age, um, you know, we got to know each other really well. And, you know, he's, he's an incredibly hard worker. And I learned a lot of you know, really good habits from him just as far as like, you know, how to maintain, you know, your time management with getting your work done, but also being able to get work done with the players as well to help get them better. So learned a lot from him. And then, um, you know, I can't say enough about Jeff, um, just kind of, you know, took me under his wing on day one and, you know, talk about a guy with, you know, the resume that he's had just, you know, obviously pitching in the big leagues, but, you know, he's coached at every single level for us in the minor leagues as well. And, he knows all these pitchers incredibly well because he's known them for quite some time now. And so just really watching him and learning, you know, how he communicates with his guys and, you know, how he sets goals for his guys and everything. I, I learned a ton from him and, uh, you know, Casey's the best, I think, you know, Casey's probably the best manager you could ever ask to, you know, work under. He just does a tremendous job at keeping things loose in the clubhouse for the guys. Um, he doesn't micromanage his staff. He lets his guys do his thing because he trusts them and, um, you know, he's always there for support whenever we need him as well. And, you know, he makes sure that we all knows that too. So honestly, just best possible scenario that I walked into and I couldn't have been more lucky, honestly. And one of the things that really struck me because, you know, 2021 was such a unique year and only got to know the staff in the second half of the season. It's the, the amount of stories and the anecdotes that Casey's able to share it and Jeff were able to share and, you know, relate it to players these days, which quite honestly, you know, I'm more towards their age than I am the player's age and they're able to connect with, with everybody. And, and that I think yeah. is such a unique uh, aspect of, of their ability to coach. For sure. I think it's incredibly important. I think, you know, we always talk about as coaches, the number one value, the most valuable thing you can have is just having the ability to communicate like anybody, you know, no matter what career field you might be in, but coaching, especially, you know, anybody can look at a problem and, analyze it um, but what makes the coaches really good coaches is coming up with a plan on how to correct that and communicating that plan to the player effectively so that way the player has a correct understanding of what we're trying to accomplish and you know he's able to buy into his plan as well so you know he's not just going into a plan blindly so I think Casey and Jeff do a tremendous job with that um, you know obviously having the playing experience that they had in their playing career definitely you know puts them in a really good position to have perspective of like that. I know what a big leaguer looks like. And, you know, they definitely taught me a lot about that in that regard as well. Um, you know, but I think the guys also, I give a lot of credit to the, to the players too, because they need to be able to learn how to, you know, relate to older guys too, that they might not, you know, be so close in age with, but, you know, when you spend six months together with every single day, you know, the way that we do in our schedule where we're at the stadium from, you know, 10 a.m. to midnight if there's a night game and that's every single day and then bus trips on off days, you know, you get to know each other really well um, and you're able to build really good relationships. And I think that's the number one thing that, you know, Casey really prioritized in the beginning of the year was just getting guys to really know each other. And he was always surrounding us with each other and trying to get guys to, you know, 
create better relationships. We had a off day, um, I think in Rochester really early in the year where we just all went to the golf course in Rochester and we all decided like a giant team golf outing. And, you know, it, it may seem like something small, but it's just, you know, something is an example, I guess you could say, as far as like how good Casey is at getting everybody to buy into each other. And as we talk a little bit about, you know, your job and, and your responsibilities for last season, you know, the technology is such an important aspect as, as we continue, um, you know, to progress in, in developing players. How has technology, uh, whether it was, you know, the TrackMan system out in the bullpen or whatever, um, kind of helped your job and helped you help players uh, throughout the course of last year? I think it's a really good objective tool that we use every single day. It just gives objective information. Um, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the equation as well. You know, we have a guy that's struggling with a slider and we're trying to get down to the bottom of it. You know, we can look at it just like how we have, you know, for years and kind of make a guess as far as what they're doing, or we can, you know, throw a slow motion camera ball release and then look at the track man info to get down to the nitty gritty of what this pitch is actually doing. Um, I know the guys really enjoy it. The guys are, there's some guys that are 50, 50 on it. Like there's some guys that need that information present and in front of them at all times. And then there are some guys that will just reference it whenever they want to. Um, but I think it's definitely prevalent and it's definitely important. Um, it's not everything by any means, especially, you know, you hear, we've had plenty of, you know, guys come in throughout the year to, you know, just help us out or just be around the guys, whatever. Um, you know, I think Coach Quantrill brought up a really good point. Like, you know, this number of stuff is really important. Um, but, you know, getting a guy to compete and getting a guy to learn how to throw strikes in a big moment, like, you can't quantify that. You got to be able to just know that, like, you know, we got to be able to find this within ourselves. And, um, you know, I think Rob DiBernardo, our, our mental strength or our mental skills coach in Buffalo, does a phenomenal job at that. He does a really good job at getting the most out of the guys mentally. Um, so it's kind of just opened up an avenue for Jeff and I to just be able to use the track man and technology, you know, at ease without, you know, having to worry about overwhelming the guys and all that other stuff. So, um, it is really important and, and the Jays really do a good job at prioritizing it and, um, making sure that everybody's educated on it and making sure that, you know, all the pitchers are educated on it as well. So that way, you know, we're not just throwing numbers at them and they don't really know what, you know, we're talking about. They have a pretty good idea as far as like what the numbers are saying as well. I'm glad you brought up kind of the give and take that is what is the numbers and, and, and the feel for, for the game itself. And is that something that, you know, as time as a coach, you kind of through the, through the players you work with uh, understand the, the more the give and take that some guys have and, and what you need to do sometimes to back off, whether it's the feel or the analytics and, and all that comes with it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a right time for it and a wrong time for it. Just like anything else, you know, we can, look at a guy who's maybe getting his fastball hit a little harder than normal um, in an outing. And, you know, Jeff and I would normally look at the track man report that we get after every single game and kind of look at what his fastball was doing. And um, if it looks like it was an outlier and something that it doesn't normally do, then, you know, we would take note of it. And if he did it again in his next outing, then, you know, maybe that's something that we would bring up to the guy and say like, Hey, you know, this is something that we've been noticing with your fastball. Like maybe, you know, we should take a bullpen to really try and get down to this and, um, figure it out. But, you know, if you were to just do it that one outing and then, um, you know, second outing, it's back to normal and everything's good. Then obviously we never really need to address that with a guy because why, you know, so, um, obviously having a lot of feel with understanding of like when to approach guys is the biggest thing. Um, 
you know, there, and it's also knowing your players, like, you know, like I said before, there, there are some guys that want to know and want to see the numbers, whether they did good or whether they did bad. And, you know, as a coach, like you got to be able to, you know, appreciate that and understand that. Um, but also learn how to like, just kind of give them like, <clears throat> I don't know, I call it like baby feed, like feed them like a baby, like, like don't give them the whole jar of baby food, just give them little baby bites. Um, so that way, you know, they don't get overwhelmed with everything. And then they're just some guys that just straight up don't want to see it. And so you got to be able to find a way to communicate effectively. Like, all right, well, he doesn't want to hear anything about numbers, but I still like his numbers are kind of alarming. So I got to be able to find some way to communicate this without even mentioning a number. Um, so that's the challenge. That's the challenge that a coach faces every day in professional baseball. But, um, you know, like I said, the Jays do a tremendous job at supporting their coaches. And, you know, if, if we ever run into a problem, you know, chances are there's somebody in the organization that can help us out right then and there. So um, good collaboration that we have going on. You know, I look back at the 2022 season, I just think about all the great stories Every year you have really good stories, but whether it's guys like Brandon Isert, who is just recently out of uh, college, or Hayden Yinger, who just, you know, was less than a year into professional baseball by the time, maybe just a year into professional baseball when he got to Buffalo, but uh, I'll get to them in a minute. But how about Casey Lawrence? This The story that he was being undrafted, made his major league debut at the Blue Jays, eventually came back to the organization, and then last year ends up uh, being promoted because of how well he was pitching in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, talk, he's just the classic example of, you know, it doesn't matter where you go to school. Like if you're good enough, people are going to find you, you know, went to a division three school in Pennsylvania and, you know, had a tremendous career. Um, and then, you know, obviously took full advantage of the opportunity he was given post-college, you know, he's, I can't say enough good things about that man. Um, you know, he's an incredibly hard worker. Um, he's a sponge with knowledge. You know, he's always standing around whether he's throwing a bullpen or whether someone else is throwing a bullpen, you know, Casey will be standing right next to me and Jeff, um, just kind of trying to hear what we're talking to the guy about and, you know, some other stuff. And, you know, Casey will laugh at this, but, you know, I, it was pretty tough to walk through the locker room sometimes and, and not get stopped by Casey because he's got some sort of hot take that he's been thinking about with, you know, a pitch grip or whatever like that. But that just comes to show that, you know, this, this guy's a worker, man. He works incredibly hard and, He's devoted himself to the game and, um, you know, a lot of it's paid off really well for him. So um, I think he's a tremendous asset, both on the pitching staff, but in the clubhouse as well. Um, you know, we saw it towards the end of this, towards the end of the season in 2022, we had a lot of really young arms coming up through the organization, um, especially from double A. And, you know, I think Casey was a, a really big, um, you know, piece to try and help those guys like feel acclimated. You know, I think he did a great job with Hayden Yanger when, you know, Hayden first came up, um, you know, he was always kind of on his off day. So, you know, for those who don't know, when you're a starting pitcher, you have your outing day. And then, you know, the rest of the week when you're not pitching, you're pretty much in the dugout. Um, and so, you know, Casey would always be standing by me and Jeff sometimes during the game and, you know, watching the other team's pitcher and talking about what the other team's pitcher is doing. You know, he's really good at studying the game. So, you know, leading up to his outing, he'll be and the dugout with our scouting report card that we give out to every pitcher. And he's just watching the lineup and taking mental notes on each guy. So, um, you know, you don't have so much success like what he had without preparing as much as he did. So, I mean, the preparation is there. Um, like I said, I couldn't be more excited to have him back and, you know, just watch him flourish again. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. We hope Casey's in the big leagues in 2023. If not, uh, if not the full year, then I think the Bison's uh, on and off the field, as you mentioned, 
And it's almost like having an extra coach, isn't it, to to have a guy like him in the dugout and, and talk to players? Hundred percent. You know, especially for me, like you know, being a younger guy, and you know, obviously my first year being in professional baseball, and um, you know, kind of ran into the role that I ran into halfway through the year. Um, you know, I leaned on Casey a lot as far as just like, you know, when, you know, a situation might've came up with a, a pitcher where, you know, we're having a hard time kind of breaking through to them to help get them better. I would always kind of, I would sometimes go to Casey and just say like, Hey, what do you got on this? And, you know, he would give really good advice and really good ideas just because obviously he's been around in, in professional baseball for a lot longer than I have been. So, um, you know, I knew that I could always go to Jeff about that stuff and Jeff would give, you know, tremendous, tremendous advice that would help me out. But, um, you know, it's always really good to get it through a player's perspective as well. Um, and, you know, I would always try and lean on Casey as far as just trying to get like the player's perspective of, you know, how should we approach this? What are your thoughts on this? Is there anything that we can be doing better? Is there anything that we're doing, you know, too much of, um, you know, whatever it may be, I think, you know, so Casey was phenomenal there. And for folks that don't, that don't know, you just touched on it. Your role within the Bison's uh, coaching staff changed midway through the season last year with the promotion yeah. of Casey to the big leagues and Jeff Ware serving as interim manager. So how did your role as uh, the interim pitching coach for, from mid-July to the end of the season kind of change your relationship or, or your responsibilities in the, in the clubhouse? Yeah, I think, you know, when I, when I got hired, I was the you know assistant pitching coach. Um, so I'd spent a lot of time in the bullpen and, um, you know, the, the role of the assistant pitching coach is to do, you know, a lot of the behind the scenes work as far as just like, you know, tracking each pitcher's goal. You know, we set goals for each guy at the you know beginning of the month um, just to make sure that our guys are getting better because, you know, it says minor league baseball, even though it is triple A, like, you know, we still got to get these guys better and get them ready to go to the show. Um, you know, so that was a big part of my role is goal tracking and, you know, being out in the field for early work, running guys through, you know, plow care drills, um, you know, all their drill work that they do and, you know, helping out with throwing program, um, you know, but, and then I think when that role changed halfway through the year, um, I don't think much changed because, you know, even though Jeff was still the manager, Jeff was always around, like he would be there for throwing program. He would be there for bullpens. Um, you know, anytime I had to make a pitching decision, I obviously went to Jeff first about it. Um, so, you know, I think Jeff was tremendous to have there, but I, I, really appreciate Jeff a lot for giving me a lot of trust and, you know, saying like, Hey, like, you know, do what you can do with it. And he would ask my opinion on some stuff too, which was, you know, awesome experience. And I definitely learned a lot, but um, as far as like what my role looked like, um, obviously there was a lot more game planning and game management that went around with it. Um, you know, when I was the assistant pitching coach, you know, Jeff was handling, you know, the scouting reports and, you know, the pregame meetings between the pitcher and the catcher, and the after game reports with the pitchers, you know, when they get done pitching the next day, we'd have a report with them to just kind of go over the game and stuff like that. Um, so when I became pitching coach, a lot of that fell on me. So, um, you know, it was a tough adjustment at first, just like kind of trying to piggyback off of what Jeff was doing. But, you know, once I was able to catch a rhythm and, you know, find what I liked and what I didn't like, it was, it was pretty smooth sailing from there. And as we look ahead towards 2023, I have to think the future is bright in terms of the pitching staff uh, up and down the organization. You mentioned Hayden Yinger and, and making it to Buffalo last year. Um, Brandon Isert was an, another player that, you know, he, he was quiet, at least in terms of, you know, uh, what he would say uh, off the field. But on the field, he did his talking uh, with his pitching. And uh, I think Bison fans are going to be excited for 2023. Yeah, I think they should be. You know, I think last year, 
just good. We had a really good pitching staff last year. You know, across the board, we, you know, finished top five in AAA in a lot of categories, top three for most. Um, you know, so I think last year was there was a lot of last year was a big learning and growing year for a lot of guys. You know, like you just touched on, you know, Brandon Iser, you know, Hayden Yanger, um, Zulueta, uh, you know, Kyle Johnson as well. You know, it was just a big learning and growing year for those guys. Like, um, you know, maybe their first full season in AAA or maybe their first time in AAA at all and just really getting acclimated and, you know, closest thing to the show is they're going to get. So um, it's going to be really fun to watch just kind of like how those guys took last season and, you know, address that with their offseason work and seeing what they look like coming back for next year because, you know, it is exciting. You just talked about Brandon Iser and, you know, led the whole entire pitching staff and strikeout rate throughout the entire year. Um, you know, Hayden showed some real signs of improvement towards the end of the year. You know, the fastball has always been there, but, you know, with the slider, he really started nailing down a consistent slider towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, we know that's been a huge point of emphasis for him throughout the offseason. And, um, you know, and, and Kyle Johnson's working his butt off throughout the offseason, too. So, um, you know, we saw some really, really promising things in the second half. We were throwing the sinker more often with him and he was getting a lot of really, really good results with it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's exciting. It really is. You know, I think this year you're going to see a lot of guys kind of flourish and, and, you know, really kind of look not different, but much more improved than what, you know, maybe they looked like last year. And even though last year they looked incredible. So it is exciting. It is exciting to see what some of these guys are going to look like. Had you ever seen a screwball before Adrian Hernandez threw one last year? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. When I first got to the Jays, I was told about Adrian's changeup and, I was like, oh, man, I've, I've seen some good change-ups, you know, and then I saw it and I was like, all right, never mind. So, um, but then, like, it, you know, for the guys that like to talk about numbers, like, when you look at his change-up, like, his change-up doesn't read on track, man. Like, it, at least with the portable track, man, on the stadium unit it does, but, like, the portable track, man, it's, like, so inconsistent because it is a screwball. So, like, he's kind of the guy where we really do use the eye test. So, like, as long as it's, like, looking like that and it's finishing here like we're happy with it but then you know we're able to take the game track and data and kind of go through it so um no he's a special kid and you know he's down in Mexico right now having a really good season in winter ball so um you know he's another kid that I'm you know really excited to see come back next year and just dominate so you know I think we, he's shown down in Mexico so far this offseason is he's throwing his fastball and his curveball a lot more um you know then if you remember him in 2022 you know he's went to the changeup a lot um, you know, but he's gained a lot of confidence with that fastball and curveball in, in Mexico right now. So um, it's it's really fun to see. And it's going to be exciting to see, you know, if that, you know, translates over, you know, into spring training into the season as well. And as we talk about looking ahead to 2023, have to ask you, you know, after last year, get, you get your feet wet with with the Bisons and AAA. What's next for you? And what, do, you know, personally, what are you looking forward to about heading to, to Florida for spring training and, and continuing your development. Yeah. I mean, I think this was a pretty big off season for us as an organization, um, you know, signed, um, you know, Eric Swanson and, you know, we got, um, we got, you know, some really good defensive ads with Kier Meyer and um, you know, everything else. So I think it's going to be exciting to just see like these off season moves um, really just see how they gel and blend with the team. And I think everybody's really excited for it as well. Um, but I think through a minor league uh, perspective, I think we're really excited in that regard, too. Um, you know, we've got 
a pretty good pitching staff lined up in double A. We've got a really good pitching staff lined up in triple A. And, you know, the same can be said for, you know, the rest of the levels as well. So um, it's an exciting time to be a part of this organization. Um, we've been working incredibly hard throughout the off season um, with our guys and as coaches as well together, just trying to make sure, you know, we hit the ground, you know, running. We had a great season in 2022 across the board with pitching. So, you know, just trying to build off that momentum and hit the ground running when spring training comes around. Um, I'm really excited to see how these guys' off-season work is, you know, pay it off. You know, obviously being coaches, we keep in touch with these guys a lot throughout the off-season. Um, you know, we they, they go home to wherever they live and they have facilities that they train at. Uh, so, you know, we've been doing a good job at keeping in touch with them and everybody that I'm talking to is working their butts off, you know. So it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to see all that pay off. It really is. So um yeah it's I don't know uh, it, spring training's fun just because you know you spend a whole off season you're waiting for the season to come around and it finally there and everybody's excited and then once spring tra training ends you're excited to get back to you know the affiliate or the big leagues and get the season going well Brennan I appreciate your time today hope to see you down at, at Dunedin in, in March uh, for spring training and you know best of luck in, in 2023 and and with your uh, your development as a coach thanks Pat appreciate the time and looking forward to seeing you too man our thanks again to BK for joining us here in the Power Alley. Looking forward to catching up with him in Florida very soon. As I mentioned at the outset, we're inching our way closer towards the 2023 season. Keep up to date at Bisons.com as just this past week, if you're joining us here in the Power Alley, in the first week of January, the Blue Jays announced a host of player moves, including Casey Lawrence signed to a minor league deal with an invitation to spring training. The Bisons 2022 Warren Spahn, most valuable pitcher, one of the greatest stories in all of professional baseball last season. Lawrence, another outstanding year in a Bisons uniform, not only being named the Bisons Pitcher of the Year, but going back to the big leagues in May, pitching a handful of times for the Blue Jays last season. Not only, as we mentioned with Brendan Kelly, not only a quality person on the field, but off the field in the Bison's clubhouse as well. Other names signed to minor league contracts include Rob Brantley and also Drew Hutchison, who has pitched in the past not only for the Blue Jays, a 30-game winner across several seasons, but also having pitched for the Bison's as well. So keep up to date at Bison's.com, not only for any transaction news, but also we'll have plenty more, including ticket promotions and promotions for the 2023 season overall. You'll want to head to Bison's.com and keep up to date with the very latest. Until then, I'm Pat Melicaro. Thanks for joining us in the Power Alley.